If you will, turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 6. And uh, <clears throat> this is, of course, Paul's great letter, his um, treatise on what faith is, what the Christian life should look like. <clears throat> the whole order of salvation is here in the book of Romans, beginning from uh, the death of Christ and His sacrifice and, and, and our faith in Him and for the forgiveness of our sins and for cleansing from sin. And uh, he gets into um, the effects of what uh, that, that atonement and, and, um, that we have received through faith looks like here in chapter 6. What does it look like to be a believer in Jesus Christ? I think that's very important. So if you will, let's read these verses together, beginning at verse 5 of Romans chapter 6. And it says this, <clears throat> For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall, sure, we shall certainly excuse me, be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died once for all, but the life He lives, He lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. A person uh, is bound by the laws of the place in which, which he or she lives as long as that person is alive. I mean, we always hear the, the one thing that, that's sure in life. Actually, two things that are sure in life. Death and taxes. <laughs> uh, you've heard that, that over and over again. But a person who is, is alive and, and living in, in a certain area or, or territory or living in a nation, wherever it is, you are bound by the laws of that community, of that, that city, that uh, county, that, that state, that, that uh, um, national, um, those national laws, you are bound by those as long as you are living in that, in that land. Now, I do know that sometimes the federal government has reached its hand beyond death a lot of times to uh, get into a person's will and collect the, uh, the state taxes and those kinds of things. But technically, you know, when, when you die, you are released from the laws of that land. When you die, you are released from the commitments that you have made in life. Uh, when you die, you, you are freed from, from marriage. Um, I, as, sad, as, as bad as that sounds... <laughs> When, when you die, you are, you are freed from those, those kinds of things. No one wants to die, of course, but that is how we are truly freed from, from whatever laws or, or contracts or commitments, those kinds of things that we, we, we are under in life. 
it's through death that we are truly free from those things. And Paul makes the same kind of point concerning the salvation in Jesus Christ. Christ says, you know, or, or he tells us here in, in, in this passage that, that death releases us from the law of sin and death. <laughs> and that's, that's what's important for us as believers. That, that our faith in Jesus Christ sets us free from the law of sin and death. Why? Because, in a sense, we as individuals die in Him. You know, Christ, we talked about this last week in John 8, talked about being free from sin. You shall know the truth and you shall be free. Truly free. Free indeed. The truth will set you free. This is another side of the same coin. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, their old life, which was under the condemnation of, of the law, dies and comes newness in Christ. There are two sides of the same coin. Death is, is a release from the law of sin and death. <clears throat> now, how, what is the basis of that? Paul says there is a basis to it. It's because believers share in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you first come to believe in, in that, that fact of history, that truth, that Jesus Christ died on a cross and was crucified and then rose again to new life after three days, you're committing yourself to the way of Jesus Christ. But there's something that, that happens in that moment. Because Christ's death was not just an execution. It wasn't just a, a political execution. It was Him dying under the curse of the law so that He Himself could, could claim victory over it. And then His resurrection allows Him to claim victory even over physical death. To live forevermore. And when we truly believe that, that Christ's death cleanses us from, from a sinful past and, and makes us alive again in Him, um, we're, we're sharing in that. We're sharing our, our, our belief in Jesus Christ and our faith in Him, our, our, our honest and true faith in Him, makes us participate in the death and the resurrection that Jesus entered into. He died on the cross for our sins. He lives forevermore again to defeat death. And so that, that law of sin and death that this is talking about here, it's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. Sometimes people will take this idea that, that we're um, in Christ that we're dead to the law to mean that we're, we're dead to the Ten Commandments and, and, and the moral principles that, that the Bible put forth. Um, I, would, I would hold off on that just a minute. I think what he's saying here is we're, we're, we're free from the condemnation of that law because you and I are um, habitual lawbreakers. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we cannot... There, there's one thing that we've learned is that in, our, in and of ourselves, we cannot keep that law. What we're freed from is, is the condemnation and death that, that, that is the result of breaking that law. That, that there, there is a principle, a law, that says if you break God's law then you are subject to death. The law itself is fulfilled in Christ. And if we're living in love, 
then, then yes, the Ten Commandments um, are, are technically applying to us, but they're fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And if we live out the law of love, then, then we're fulfilling everything that the Ten Commandments require of us. But the problem is we can't do that in and of ourselves. The law has defined what sin is, and it teaches what sin is. And, and Paul even makes the argument here. Sometimes he says, when somebody is, is given a law, they, 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 their tendency is to break it, especially a human being who has you know, the original sin that came from Adam. Our tendency is, is to buck the rules. <laughs> if somebody tells you not to do something, our tendency is, is to rebel against that, isn't it? Our tendency is, is, is to not to do what, what, what they're telling us to do. And some, some of us ha, ha, have learned to um, quell that within ourselves, especially um, when money is involved and a bo boss is telling us what to do. Um, and, and some of us you know, might keep our mouths shut if, if, if we have some, uh, a parent telling us what to do. We should listen to our parents, shouldn't we? It, 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 it's not allowable to rebel against mom and dad and what, what, they're, what they're asking us to do. Uh, or even, even you as, 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 as a parent, you know, you have other... There's always going to be somebody over you telling you what to do. And again, it, it's um, ultimately um, our, our, the end of our lives uh, and, and death that free us from those things, ultimately. But, but we're always going to be under authority in some way or another. That, that law, as long as we are in sin in our life, we, we are bound to that, 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 those restrictions. And our tendency is to break those restrictions, uh, even on a daily basis. And what Paul is telling us here is that Christ himself died to free us from that law of sin and death. To free us from the condemnation that comes from the law. To free us from, from the punishment, the judgment, with his, which is death. Christ suffered on the cross for our sins and died so that you and I could be free. Now, how does that work? Well, it's because Christ himself was, number one, the divine Son of God. And by definition, gods are, are immortal. He is an eternal being who has no beginning and end. Yet in his power, he limited himself in time and space and took on human flesh and dwelled among us. So that, his, so that he could technically, physically die. The other thing too, secondly, is that even though Jesus took on human nature, he himself was without sin. He didn't sin. He was the innocent, divine, eternal Son of God in human flesh. And that meant that he was powerful. And what he did, basically, by, by giving himself up as a sacrifice for sin, he basically overturned the very, the very laws of, of nature. You know, God's moral laws are just as strong as the natural laws. The, the laws that, that science has laid down, God, God's moral law is, is, is just as strong. But what Jesus did in himself, being the very divine Son of God, and, and, and being innocent of all sin and, and dying with all the sins of the world he heaped upon him 
he, he, he took it to the grave. He destroyed it. He undid the, the, that, that whole um, curse. He undid the, the condemnation of the law and, the, and, and its subsequent punishment. All of that was undone in his death. And even physical death began to work backwards because of it. If you ever watch um, Chronicles of Narnia or read, or read them, I, I suggest you read them and, and, um, and, and, and watch the movies too because the movies talk about this too. But uh, um, Aslan, um, the lion who represents Christ, was sacrificed on the stone table which had written on it the law. And if you broke the, the, those laws... Um, one, one of the main laws it has to do with, you know, a traitor should be um, killed on, on the law of this table. That, that they should die on this table. But Aslan, of course, you know, representing Christ was, was the innocent um, son of God. And he was killed on that table. And, and he, when, he, when he rose again at the end of it, the stone table cracked. And, and all that old magic was undone. Which is exactly what Paul is talking about here. The, the, the old is done away with. The, 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 the former life is done away with. And he says that e even death itself would, would begin to work backwards. That, that's a quote from the book. Even death itself would, be, would, would start working backwards. And I, I love the way that he, he says that in the movie. That's what happened. Death itself has begun to work backwards because of what Christ did on the cross. So what he's saying here is, is that because Christ died, the, the, the old law is, is, is fulfilled in him. When he rose again, death itself was defeated. Now you're saying, preacher, everybody still dies. Well, that's because we're mortals. Christ himself rose in, 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 a, in a very physical and real way. And I want to emphasize that. He was killed and he came back to life again with a new physical life. But how, what, what Paul is talking about here is how, how Christ undoes this. He says that, that we, we, we experience a death like Christ. Not exactly as Christ, but a death like Christ. And how does he say it? We, are, we, 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 we have died to sin when we believe in him and ask seek his forgiveness when we have faith in Him for our salvation, we die to sin and we're made alive to God through the power of Jesus Christ. What does he mean? He's talking about the separation that happened between us and God beginning with the garden. Because not only do we have a sinful nature because of that, we were separated from God. We were cast out, out of the Garden of Eden. We, we were cast out of His, His, His presence. That there was times that God appeared in history to people. But we were cast out, humanity was cast out of the Garden of Eden where they had full-on fellowship with God. And it's because God is, is so good and holy that, that we could not withstand His presence. And because God, God is a just God, you know, he, he didn't kill them immediately, but they lost their access to the Tree of Life. And so here they, here they are. They, they, you, we, we, we've been separated from God ever since then. And it is as if we were dead to God. I hear this phrase over and over again um, here, here lately. And, and I guess it, it kind of has its roots in, in the Godfather movies and, and the talk of the mafia. But it's like uh, people saying that you're dead to me. 
you know, when, when, when people get angry and there's, there's a broken relationship and those kinds of things, uh, you know, the, the phrase is, you're dead to me. Now that's how, how we are to God. And not, not because God doesn't love us, not because God um, doesn't pursue us and want a relationship with us, but our sin and our rejection of Him has made us dead to God. And our soul, in that, in that sense, are, is dead. Because God Himself is the source of all life. He's the Creator, isn't He? And to be separated from Him means that, that, that our soul is, is, is dead to Him, in, in a sense. It's, it, it, it's dead to God. We have a dead relationship with Him. We have a dead knowledge of Him. And when we're still in our sins, we are separated from Him. And, and, and what happens is, we, we, we take on a life of our own, so to speak. The, we become focused on ourself. We become focused on pleasing self. We become focused on uh, doing whatever I want to do in rebellion to God. And so what happens, again, that Paul is saying here in Jesus Christ, is that that selfish rebellion that self-centeredness, that self-pleasing nature, the one that wants to defy God and, and do what, what it wants to on its own, must die for us to be saved. So what happens is, when we believe in Jesus Christ, the old passes the way, and behold, all things become new. The person that I was lost in sin and, and focused on selfish, selfish ambitions and selfish self-pride and, and, and self-pleasing natures. and that, all, that, all that dies away. It's supposed to die. Just as Christ died on the cross to, to, to defeat sin and death, we have to die to sin and be transformed to, to live for God. Just like Jesus rose from the dead, you and I, our souls are raised in Him. What, the, the moment that we believe in Him and accept Him as our Savior, we're dead to sin, we're alive to God in Jesus Christ. The old life passes away, a new life comes into being. This is why Jesus says the words, born again. It doesn't mean ju just a fresh start so I can keep on doing what I was doing before. Again, it's like Jesus was saying last week. Je Jesus' own words says that you will know the truth and you will, um, the truth will set you free. You are enslaved because of sin. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Death frees us from that law of sin and death, that condemnation and the death that came because of God's law. And because of our tendency within ourselves to want to rebel against it, it's, it's so strong that we can't ourselves overcome it. It took the power of Jesus Christ to undo that. To change our hearts, to make us want to follow God. Not because of, 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 of those Ten Commandments, the, the, those laws, but because of the love of Christ within us and our love for Christ makes us want to um, obey Him. The right motivation enters into our hearts and lives. When, when that old person who, who is focused on self-motivations die, a new person emerges 
that, that, that loves Christ and wants to follow Him wherever He leads, wherever He, he goes. And, and Christ said the fulfillment of that Old Testament law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what being alive to God really means. But only Christ can, 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 can do that transformation. In, in the beginning of this chapter, um, Paul talks about the, the idea of baptism and how baptism is, is, is the symbol of this death and resurrection. When we go under the water, we're being buried. The old self is dying. When we rise up again, there's new life. Now, baptism in and of itself um, is, is a symbol. And I do believe that we receive grace through baptism. But baptism is an outward sign of an inward work that Christ has already done in us. And um, baptism is, is a, a sign that we have to publicly, a public testimony that we have died to sin and have become alive to God again. The old life has passed away. Behold, a new life begins. The old me is buried, what comes up is, is a new person. Christ has already done that invisibly in the heart. And that, I always talk about baptism in this way. There's all, in Christianity, there's always the visible and the invisible. The invisible and the visible. The invisible is what Christ does within our hearts and lives when we first believe and have faith in Him. And in that moment, when we confess our sins... And He is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. The old person in me dies, and a new person comes about. A new person comes about after that. But baptism is the outward sign of that. The, the kingdom of God invisibly enters our hearts, but God has a visible representation of His kingdom, the church. The church is the visible representation of God's kingdom. So we, we, we not only need God working within us internally and invisibly, we also need Him working invisibly in the church. And so baptism is the visible sign of us entering into His church. Faith in Christ and, and, and truly confessing our sins before Him causes us to die to sin and be alive to Christ within our hearts and lives. Baptism is the sign of our entrance, in, is the visible sign of our entrance into God's kingdom, the, our, of our salvation. There's always the invisible and the visible working together. Because if we don't have the visible, sometimes the invisible tends to be forgot, forgotten about. This is why baptism is so important. Sometimes the invisible work that Christ does it's sort of like when Jesus was preaching his parables he says sometimes that 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 seed fall, falls on the ground and it goes in but when the troubles and trials come up come up in life um, the the plant will shoot up and, and tend to wither away and and uh, you know we, we tend to forget about what we've done baptism is an, is an important way a public confession of faith before the church of Jesus Christ um, is, is is one of the ways in which um we um, remain strong in faith. God, God gives us a new, a new um, grace through baptism. But the point is, is that the, the old person is supposed to be dead to sin and, and, and the new life is to come about. 
And so Paul says, because of that fact and that truth, because you are dead to sin and alive to God, he says, you must consider yourselves alive to God in Jesus Christ. Verse 11, so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in, in Christ Jesus. In other words, sometimes it, it, it may be a reality, but it might not have hit our brains yet. <laughs> sometimes we, we, we think that um, salvation means, okay, I, I, I've got my forgiveness, I can go on and do whatever I want to now. I, I, I'm starting over again with this new relationship with Christ, but He doesn't really call me to put off sin. He, he, you know, I'm just walking in His grace and in His forgiveness. If that's the case, then, then what you have is a cheap, a cheap grace that you did not sacrifice yourself for truly in your hearts. There is no such thing as cheap grace. It cost God everything. The cost to us is to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Because in reality we are, but sometimes our, 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 our minds aren't there yet. And we want to go back into our old pattern of sinful living, of habitual sin. Christ has freed us from, from habitual sin. We don't have to sin every day in word, deed, and thought anymore. Because we have died, we are freed from that old law that existed before that led to condemnation and death. But we have to live in a way that we are freed from sin. We have to consider ourselves. We have to live in that. And, and, and a person who um, indeed is alive, a person who is indeed dead to sin and alive to God, have joy in their life, even in the worst of circumstances. And they don't react in bitterness and frustration and anger. A person who is dead to sin and alive to God loves others intensely. You can tell when someone is, is truly dead to sin and alive to God. They love others intensely. The fruit of that kindness and compassion that comes forth is present in their lives. A person who is, who is still dead in their sins um, lacks those certain things. But a person who is alive, dead to sin and alive to Christ, has, has th this great love in their hearts for others. A person who is dead to sin and alive to God is no longer bound by habitual sin. And I talked a little bit about that last week, about being free from, free from sin. We don't have to sin anymore. We don't have to be caught up in a pattern of sin and repentance, sin and repentance. Might we still sin? Of course so. Of course we can. Might we still even make mistakes and, 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 and do things unintentionally that, that, that we know that we shouldn't do, but but we, we did them in the heat of a moment. Those things might still happen, but we don't have to be in a pattern where we're constantly sinning in word, deed, and thought anymore. Because we are dead to sin and alive to Christ, and we must continue ourselves in our will and, and in our hearts and minds, continue to live as if we were dead to sin and alive to God. And that's not always easy to do. But God gave us the glorious gift of His Holy Spirit who does help us 
Jesus says, and we were, we've been talking about this on our Wednesday night study, Jesus said um, in, in uh, John 14 that he was sending us another comforter to be with us because he was about to leave the world. He was going to send us another comforter, and that comforter would remind us of all the words that he said and would teach us and would guide us if we but listen to him. The gift of, of being alive to God again is to have God's Holy Spirit to help us. We're not left alone to try to live a life free from sin. We're, we're not left alone to try to resist temptation. God has given us the presence of His Spirit, and we must tap into that through prayer and cultivate that relationship through, through His Word as well. person who is dead to God or, or dead to sin and alive to God reads his Bible and prays on a daily basis because we need, we need God's word and we need, we need to be praying people not just once in a while but every day because we need God and his grace to help us so my question to you is, are you dead to sin and alive to Christ? Does your pattern of living show that you are alive to God in Christ? Is there the fruit of love in your life? Are you experiencing God's presence day by day as you pray and look at His Word? You know that you are dead to sin and alive to Christ when you're not caught up in habitual sins. You know that you are um, dead to sin and alive to Christ when you have true love for other people. You know that you are dead to sin and alive to Christ when you have joy, even in the worst of circumstances. Because God is, ha is, is in that loving, life-giving relationship with you that only He as the source can give you. And only Christ can, can undo the law of sin and death only He can reverse all that. So we must agree to, and believe to have faith in Him first and foremost and confess our sins. When we do that, we receive His, His forgiveness and mercy. And we die to sin and are made alive to God again. God the Father again. We are made alive to God the Father again through the Son, Jesus Christ, and what He did for us. All you have to do is ask, Lord... If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, you can ask, Lord, forgive me of my sins and help me to be your child. Free me from the pattern of sin and help me to live in love with you. Help me to experience all the joy and love that you have, Lord, that comes with someone who is alive to you. And if you have, maybe things have grown dry for you lately. Maybe you're a believer and, th and you're struggling with sin or you're struggling with, with things like joy and, 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 and uh, bitterness and you're struggling with things like compassion and love. He can help you with those things too if you but ask Him. Let's stand.